The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and change makers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journey and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This is Self-Helpful. In this episode, I was actually offered the opportunity to do a back-to-school special for Apple Podcasts. And I've already been asked about creating a version of my book, What Drives You for a High School and College Perspective, which is fitting as the impetus to write this book came from my desires for my adult kids. I realized that what I most wanted for them was for them to know what they truly want, to understand what they value and why for themselves and to commit to it. I want them to spend their days working at something they care about, devoted to something they care about, and to understand their core abilities and desires, and that they can do what they love to do in a lot of different roles. I want them to have joy and fulfillment. So this episode is dedicated to them, those age kids who are in high school, in college, going back to school right now. If you're a parent I'd ask you to share this show or just the concepts with your kids. You can get my book, What Drives You, in any form on Amazon or wherever you buy books. But here is a synopsis as it relates to those going back to school. All right, friends, we're going to talk about what drives you as it pertains to those of you who are going to school. This is somewhat of a synopsis of my book, but is literally geared towards those who are in school, high school, uh, college. I have kids in both right now. So I could just as well be talking to them. And we do talk about these things. So this hits close to home. So I'm going to just start off with highlights. Number one, you are a driven person. That's not just hype. It's not just empty motivation, especially if you're sitting there feeling absolutely not driven, or if you're a parent and you're thinking, no, my kid is not driven. They are. Uh, But for you kids, I'm going to speak to you. You are. You're driven to do whatever you do, same as I am. Uh, You're driven to sleep in or get up early. You're driven to get straight A's or to cheat or to flunk out. Whether it's sports or performing arts or smoking dope under the bleachers, that's coming from something within you that is driving you. You're driven to performance or you may be be driven to fit in and stay safe. Or you're driven to rebel, or maybe driven to do just just nothing, it just is as much of nothing, no engagement as you can. That is coming from a drive. Drive is simply, this is how I define it, it's actually right out of the book, a very strong energy and determination to achieve a goal or satisfy a need. So if it feels like you're driven to a negative thing, it's to satisfy a need. And I deal with this as well. Every single day, there are things that I'm driven towards that are you know, good and a goal and worthy. And it's a need over here that may be good. It may be not, maybe absolutely not good for me or anyone else. Everything I just talked about, that is a goal or a need. I have nine kids, okay, ages 11 to 29 now. And I've seen and I'm still seeing things that drive them that fit all those, almost all those things that I said above there. So here's the deal. We give credit 
to those who are driven toward things that we value as a culture, right? So if you're driven to be the star quarterback or the valedictorian, then they'd say, oh my gosh, you know, Johnny and Jane, whatever, they're driven. If you're driven toward being a bully or not showing up for class, well, you don't get credit. Well, you're still driven. Some of those driven people I know are addicts. Man, they're so driven, they'll kill to get a hit. That's drive. We just don't give them credit because it's not something we value. It is drive. And that's where we see drive differently. We all have drive. Again, even if it's to stay on the couch and do nothing, that is a drive because it's keeping you from doing some other things. You're driven to stay there. There's a reason. When you decide, however, what you really want, you'll turn your drive towards something you care about and you will get there. You just have to do the work of considering what you want in the key areas of life, which I'm about to list out. And to know if it's an authentic want, if it's a true want, you got to understand why you want it. And that's where you'll have to dig to find what is truly authentic to you. The younger culture today glorifies authenticity. Man, that's a huge word. But I find it does, they don't often know who their authentic selves even are. Authenticity, it's not desiring and pursuing what everybody else wants. It's not rebelling against what you think everybody else wants. Uh, it's not authenticity isn't what social media glorifies. This is what we're talking about right now, and we're going to dig in. Second point here, you do not need to wait for something to happen to be driven, to trigger your drive towards something that you care about. You don't need to fall into a vat of chemicals. You don't need to be bitten by an exotic spider. You don't need a friend to die or your parents to divorce or some windfall. You don't need to win the lottery. You don't need to wait for anything or anyone. Most people spend their whole lives waiting for something to happen to them. We love those stories. But often the successful people I know, nothing significant happened to them. So you're either going to find a reason an understanding, a dawning to care about something enough to your life or you won't. And that's not being critical. It's just realistic. You were raised by people who may or may not have ever found a reason to be driven toward much of anything of value other than just basic survival. And they could be incredibly sweet and well-meaning people who did. They survived through life, but they never really found a reason to thrive, to live authentically and to pursue real fulfillment. So you may not have an example in your life. And I say real fulfillment. I mean, real being what is fulfilling to, again, them, not the culture, not someone else. If fulfillment to you ends up being, hey, I want a high profile job, a multimillion dollar home and a Rolls Royce just for you. And that's what seems fulfilling. Fine. Uh, if it's making enough to make ends meet while you engage in activities you love, and that's okay too. This is about you. What is fulfilling to you? And I say that as a parent, I honestly don't care how much money my kids make or what status they have. I do just want them to be happy, joyful people who brighten the lives of others from their own brightness. I am happy for them to ultimately support themselves and get out on their own. I won't lie about that. But otherwise, I want them to find joy. So we're going to walk briefly through the key areas of life that we find where people find fulfillment, okay? And just open the door to what you may want. You're not gonna figure it all out right here and now. Uh, this is a start of the discussion. 
if you choose to continue it. This will take you making some notes and saying, okay, here's the key areas of life that this guy says. And, you know, I'm the messenger. These have been documented uh, by so many people. Uh, basically, this is where we're going to find fulfillment, these areas of life. And then I'm going to tell you real briefly how to look at each area and figure out what you authentically want. It's not rocket science, but it is taking the time to think about it, which most people just don't do. Most people don't do. Uh, there's a good chance that you're going to hear this and not do that. If you want something better, then here's a small exercise that will give you a significant trajectory to your life. All right. These are the seven areas. Number one, I called it in the book, what drives your purpose? Everybody's heard about purpose. This really has a lot to do with what you find faith in. You can take it from a spiritual standpoint. Here's my pitch. My kids know it. And it is most of the people who I find who are successful defined by what success is for them. But what I'm going to say is they're joyful people. They're joyful people. They have happiness. They have fulfillment. And this is all walks of life. But at the end of the day, no matter what they do, what they look like, where they came from, how they live, they're just the kind of people you want to be around, man. They're inspiring. They're uh, influential. People want to follow them. Those types of people almost to the end have some, they believe in something more than themselves. That's the core of spirituality. You don't have to be some hoodoo guru thing. You don't have to ascribe to some religion or whatever, but it's believing in something beyond yourself. Even if that is, I believe in the environment. I believe in humanity and serving humanity. Uh, if you go to step further, you may believe that there's a power greater than just us humans here on the earth, something in the heavens or around. Again, I'm not going to get into, into religion and doctrine and whatever, but having something that you believe in, a greater purpose and or a greater power is uh, a proven entity. It goes through the span of time. I talk about it in the book. The oldest history we have is based on spirituality, people recognizing that there's something greater to them and devoting themselves to the betterment of mankind to some degree. So there it is. I, again, I've got kids. Being a kid is usually not a time of great spirituality and great faith. Most people come to that later. Uh, it may not be something you're going to be driven to now. I'm planting the seed just like I do with my kids. And some of them are very interested in spirituality. Some of them are admittedly not right now, but they all recognize it as something fairly important. And it's something that generally I see them as they get older. They all tend to come to at some period of time. I would say the quicker you do, the better. Um, but uh, this is not a pressure. This is not a should. It's just me commentating on the people that I see who are out there having good success with life, meaning success of enjoying life, finding fulfillment, finding peace, finding inspiration, finding excitement, almost to the, to the, to the T, have some kind of a spiritual interest, a spiritual component and a recognizing of, man, life is bigger than just me. It's not all about me and it's not, not all up to me and I'm not all powerful. I'm not God. There's something bigger at play. So purpose, faith, spirituality. Okay. Next relationships, relationships. This is a dicey one. A lot of people, the relationships you've seen may have not been that great, may have not been that inspirational. Yet look at your life and generally what you care about most is connecting with other people, one other people, if it is. If you think about it this way, I'm an introvert 
I love my solitude. And yet I realized one time when I thought about it, if I woke up tomorrow, everything was the same. Life looked just like it does today, but there was just nobody here. Just nobody. It's just me. There again, there's electricity. I can go drive a Ferrari. I can go eat pizza. Uh, I can do whatever. Let's say everything's available to me. Again, this doesn't make sense, but you get, get the idea. Stick with the point. Everything's there for me. Just no people. And I realized, what's the point? What is the point? What am I going to do? Eat myself to oblivion? Drive 200 miles an hour? Uh, do anything I want? What's the point? After a day, after a week, after a month, there's nobody here. Nobody to share it with. Nobody to connect with. Nobody to write to. Nobody to call. Nobody to text. What's the point? And it just showcased to me. This is later in my later years of, well, apparently relationships are, that's what I care about most. Again, it may be one relationship. Doesn't have to be a hundred. But connecting with somebody, somebody who is there to walk with, to share life with, is relationships. So we got spirituality, purpose. Next, we got relationships. These are just where we find the most fulfillment. Next is our health and wellness. If we don't feel well, we don't care much about anything. And we do care about how we look. Now, I know that's a dangerous one in today's day and age with, you know, body positivity and whatnot. I don't care. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to judge or tell you what you should look like. I don't know. You get to create your own avatar, okay? You go out there in your Snapchat, and if you're going to create the avatar that you want, and that's who you want to see, look in the mirror, whatever that is, you care about it. And then you care about how you feel. Nobody wants to feel like crap. If you could have your choice, I've never found anybody who's not said, hey, if I could choose, would you rather wake up in the morning and feel sick and irritable and overwhelmed and grouchy and whatever? Nobody has said yes. How would you like to get up in the morning and you just freaking feel great? Okay, your body, your health, your wellness is just a primary area where at the end of the day, everybody cares about it. If you are compromised, you don't like how you feel, you don't like how you look for you, for you, okay? It matters. And I will give you this example. Think about if every day, if you had to shave your head and you wore a, bur you wore a, a mask and a burlap sack, I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon it really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me, and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. 
a probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long-term cumulative benefits. Seed is a company that makes a symbiotic, which is actually a unique mix of probiotics and prebiotics. Probiotics are beneficial bacteria and prebiotics are food for these bacteria. So Seed's symbiotic containing both helps balance my gut bacteria. So together, the Seed DS01 symbiotic benefits my gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Taking seeds, DSO-1 symbiotic, and avoiding the foods I know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none. I trust seeds clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals. You can entrust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash drive and use code 25DRIVE to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash drive, code 25DRIVE. Okay. So nobody can really see to some degree, they'll see your size, you know, but they can't really see. Nobody can see at the end of the day, you still go home, you get in front of the mirror, you jump out of the shower and you care about what you look like. Everybody does. So it just matters. All I'm saying is these are areas that matter. So spirituality, purpose, relationships, body, health, and wellness. Number four, your mind, your mental state. Mental health and mental wellness is a big, big topic these days, but I want you to think about your mental state. Today, unfortunately, amongst the youth, of which, again, I have kids in there, so I live with this every day. I'm not saying it's the case with my children, but I see it out there. I'm enmeshed. Their friends are over at the house. We're with other kids. And there's almost this idea of it's, it's cool to have mental problems. And it's not working out for us. Uh, diseases of despair is a real pathology. So you got, you know, uh, you've got diabetes and heart disease and autoimmune issues and uh, hormone issues. And now diseases of despair is a primary category of pathology, things wrong with us. And it's depression and apathy and even on into suicide. It's one of the highest, uh, one of the most uh, rapidly rising issues in our culture today, in our, in our health and wellness, in chronic illness and disease. And uh, it's nobody's having fun with it. It is not fun to be depressed. It's not fun to have anxiety disorders. It's not fun to have anything wrong with your mind. And again, most of the people that we're looking at, who you follow, I don't care if it's a, a celebrity, a movie star, a, an influencer, a social media person, a, an athlete, a whatever, if they're mentally unwell, they just can't even do what they do. So you're sitting there watching people who have figured out how to have some level of mental stability for the most part, for the most part, there's always the anomaly and somebody who's out there kind of being famous for being uh, not in a good state mentally. And especially as you get older, you're going to want some health and wellness in your mind. But think about your mental state. If you had to choose what mental state would you wake up with tomorrow? Anxiety, uh, depression, overwhelm, fear, or would it be, no, I'd really like to have some confidence. I'd like to have some faith. I'd like to have some happiness. You got to choose, but this is a primary area that we care about our mind. 
spirituality and purpose, relationships, body, health and wellness. Number four, your mind, your mental state. Number five, your work. Now, right now, this is the back to school episode. Your work is your school for the most part. Now, you may have a side job or whatever. And most kids these days, if they're doing something on the side, it's just to make a buck. And it may be flipping burgers and something you don't enjoy that much. But ultimately, you are going to get out of school and you are going to be a lawyer or a doctor or like me, you're just barely going to squeak out of high school. And you're going to do something to pay the bills. And you're going to do something you enjoy and find fulfillment in beyond money, or you're going to find something you do just for money. I'm sure you've heard this before, but I've lived a long time. I've had a lot of kids. I've all these books behind me. For those of you watching the video, there's, I don't know, we're probably getting close to 250 guests, the people that you follow, that you listen to, that you revere. And they're all people who found meaning in what they devoted their day to that went beyond money. Most of them, when they have something that they really enjoy, end up making more money. Uh, you had an example here. In all these areas, you had an example. Somebody raised you, a mom and dad, some caregiver, uh, somebody who ran the orphanage. Something. Somebody brought you up and you saw an example, good or bad, of people who enjoyed what they did every day or they hated it or they just did it with no feeling whatsoever. And that influenced you. Uh, I had the benefit of growing up with somebody who did something that they found joy in beyond the money. Now they, a lot, you know, they did a lot for the money of it, but they also enjoyed it. And the benefits of that are untold. They're priceless. That goes back to what do I want my kids doing? I want them to know what they care about and find work within what they care about. Doesn't mean it's all fun. We all talk here about passions, man. I'm passionate about some things that are not all about fun things I care about. I'm almost burdened by them. I have some kids going after some pursuits in regards to humanity. That's almost a burden to them. It can be heartbreaking even, and they care deeply about it. They would almost do it for free. Now they do need the money and they're happy to make more than they can. But if you would right now commit to knowing what you're about, knowing your skills, your talents, your abilities, uh, things that you're curious about, and you would go pursue work in those areas, make money, but also have a care about it outside of money. I, it's, I, I can't, I can't say anything is a fact, but I have absolute evidence in my own life and a zillion other people that you will find so much fulfillment and you will cripple your fulfillment if you go devote yourself to work and a work environment and working with people that you do not like. And it's only for the money. A lot of people have, they just expect that these days. You know, that's what you do. You just go and you work for the man and you hate it and you hate everybody you work with, but you do it for a paycheck. That's a choice. It is literally a choice you get to make. Now, if there's a moment of survival where you got to do whatever it takes to make a buck, to stay afloat, that's okay. But if that's what you commit to for the rest of your life, you're kind of saying, I commit to jail and prison and hell for the rest of my life. And nobody wants to do that. I'm not being pithy about that. I'm not minimizing real struggle. I've been in some bad places before where you need to do whatever you can to pay the bills. Um, I, I, however, always come back to finding something you care about in your work. Okay. That's number, I think five, number six, your money. What drives you financially? What do you think about money? We could stop right there. 
What do you think about money? And if you look about it and despise money, you're probably just handicapping yourself. You're not going to like it. That's what I did. It's a lot of my story. It's in the book. If you ever read it, a lot of mine was really having a bad attitude towards money, towards people who make a lot of money. And what I did is make sure that I didn't make much money. And now I realize, you know, the work that I'm doing matters. I care about it. It's helping people. I can help them better if I make some money. I can feed myself and clothe myself uh, if I make some money. And if I do make money doing something I care about, I feel better about the money. Uh, there's a guy named Ken Honda. He wrote a book called Happy Money. And he just talks about how do you feel about money? What's the spirit of money? Do you look at money as happy or do you look at it as sad? And if you do, you're kind of sealing your own fate. Again, man, I say that with so much compassion because I looked at money poorly. And even though I had success as a pro athlete, I had success as a business person, I generally sabotaged it. Bad attitude about money, you'll make less money. It's simple as that. So... What do you think about money? What do you want to think about money? How do you want to feel about money? And I'll tell you again, man, you work at something that you appreciate that you have some meaning in, you'll feel a lot better about the money you make. Last one, achievements. Achievements. What do you want to achieve? What have you done, achieved that you're proud of? Maybe nothing. Look forward. What would you feel proud of if you achieved. Again, you got to get rid of the culture. You got to get rid of your, your, your environment and the people in it and the expectations and say, what would matter to you? I've looked at that and I have, I have been judgmental of people's achievements sometimes and go, man, what does that matter? What I ultimately realized is it doesn't matter what it matters. What matters is they feel good about themselves. That's it. So if they do something, achieve something that I think is, is ridiculous or I don't understand, and it, yet it makes them happy and inspired, now I am all for it. Do whatever it is that gives you some joy, makes you proud of yourself, makes you feel good and approving about yourself, that gives you a good self-image, whatever that is, go do it. Now make sure again that it's for you, that it's not just in relation to other people. Most of the things we want to achieve do have some impact on how we're viewed by other people, and that matters. It really does. And if we say it doesn't, you're just going to hurt yourself. You care. We care about what, how, how other people see us. But if we're doing it just for them and them alone, then it's not good. Then we're going to be bitter about it. It's going to end up in us achieving something that didn't give us fulfillment at all. And if you did it just to please somebody else, that's going to fade. At some point, they're not going to care. Anyways, the achievement's going to go on. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed racing bikes as a pro, but... I also realize you get up there on the podium with your gold medal and your money or whatever it is, and that's great right then, not for very much longer. Then it fades away and you're only as good as the next achievement. So if you're basing yourself just on the achievements and what it looks like for others, it's going to fall flat. These days, I want to do the things that I achieve that give me joy, make me proud of myself that no, somebody else may never see. But you can look at that long term. What is it that you would like to achieve that would make you feel good about yourself? That matters, your achievement. So here we go. We're going to go number one, what matters in life, what provides fulfillment, purpose, spirituality, faith, believing in something bigger than yourself and devoting yourself to that, whatever it may be. Not talking about religion. Number two, relationships, other people, whether it's one person or many, though the stats show you're going to be better off having more than just one because then you'll rely on them for too much. Uh, you want to find people that fill some different things in your life. Uh, could be three, could be five, could be 10. But relationships matter. 
Number three, your body, your health and wellness. It matters. You want to feel good and feel good about your own self-image. Does not mean you need to be Thor. Does not mean you need to be a bikini model or emaciated or whatever, but just to a level where you go, yeah, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with me. I'm okay with how I look. What drives your mind, your mental health? Number four, your mental state. What's the mental state that you want? What do you want to be? Do you want to be Mr. or Mrs. Anxiety? Depression? Happy? You may not want to be happy, but confident, at peace, chill. What is it? What do you want? Number five, your work, what you devote yourself. Today, it is your education. It's getting through school or enjoying school, whatever it may be, and looking at what do you ultimately want to do in your work. Today, your work is your schooling. Ultimately, it's going to be a vocation, a career, a job. Number six, money, finances. What do you care about? What do you want to care about? How do you want to view it? And again, if you to, to look at it and say, I just, money's terrible. It just is horrible. Um, which I've, I've had, I've had sometimes a feeling I've had some kids who have, and we have to look at that and correct that a little bit. Cause if you have a bad attitude to towards money, you're going to, you're going to handicap, sabotage yourself there. Number seven, achievements. What achievements would make you proud? What do you want to have achieved? All right. So there's your seven areas of the, of where you're going to find or not life fulfillment, but those are the areas that are going to give you life fulfillment. I'd say, pay attention to them. Think about those here then is how to filter them. Okay. Here are six. Uh, nope. How about five? Here are five, the five gears of drive is what I call it. Here are five things that influence each of those areas. So you're going to take each of those areas I talked about, and then you're going to ask yourself these questions. What do you think in number one, what's, what is inherent meaning genetics? What's behind you? How did your, even be, let's go before your parents or who brought you up your grandparents, your great grandparents, the people you may not have even known to the best of your abilities. How did they view each of these areas? Did they enjoy their work? Did they hate their work? Did they enjoy the money? Did they despise money? Did they pursue health and wellness? Or did they, did they, did they shrek their health and wellness? Uh, how did they look at their faith and spirituality? Did they have a positive feeling towards that? Or did they hate anything spiritual? Those things, I'm not going to get into it here. You can read the book or you can study genetics. Those things have an impact on you. It doesn't mean that that's who you are, but think of it as a set point. Right now, you have a set point in each of those areas based on genetics, things that are behind you. I even look at that financially. Some of my financial stuff, uh, I didn't see my parents in a bad way financially. And I wonder, why do I have this feeling? I actually can look back to especially one grandfather that we that I know of, didn't know the other one, but know him and, and he had some shame around money. And they were in a really strict religion. And I bet there was some shame in there. That creates a set point. So I go look at that and go, gosh, that, that makes a little bit of sense. I might have a kind of a bad feeling inherently there. Let's get it on the table and realize I'm going to have to advocate a little bit more for myself in regards to money because I have this genetic set point. So genetics matter. The best you can figure out and know what came before you, the people before your parents even, or whoever you know brought you up, uh, it matters.
All right. So genetics next is environment. This is where, especially your parents or whoever brought you up uh, again, even if it was in a children's home, I say that because I have some adopted kids that came from a children's home. They were orphans and uh, they saw the example of those people around them. And that influenced all seven of those areas. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us, the great things, is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis, but now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy. I recommend you try BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. And trying it doesn't involve an afternoon of your time and all the hassle. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapist anytime, no additional charge. You can learn to make time for what is most valuable to you. So visit BetterHelp.com slash what drives you today. You get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash what drives you. how they saw health and wellness, how they saw money, how they saw work. It influences us. It's our programming. You are programmed. The day that you leave your home or wherever you're brought up and you're out on your own and you think you're free, uh, some hard news is you are not free. You have been programmed. You now have the opportunity to think through this stuff here and reprogram yourself. Put new programs in, new operating systems. Otherwise, you are just going to respond to what you were programmed, and you're going to respond in two ways. You're going to either accept and embrace what you grew up with, what you your environment was. You're going to accept it and not question it and just embrace it, or you're likely to go and rebel against it and go, I'm not doing that. I'm going the opposite way. Neither of those are authentic. Neither of those are authentically you. 
of saying, you know what, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to put it off to the side and try to think, what do I want? And maybe you need to expose yourself to some other people, some other influences to even get an idea of what else is out there. You are programmed and you're going to have to deal with that. Your environment, what you grew up in with is the primary programming that is going to influence you in each of these areas. If you don't get it out on the table and understand it and say, gosh, okay, in my upbringing, this is how I saw money viewed. This is how I saw health and wellness viewed. This is how I saw spirituality viewed. This is how I saw relationships done. Was it good? Was it bad? Did it make you feel good? Did it seem fulfilling? Did it seem joyful or not? Get it out on the table. That is hugely impacting to your life. So go through each of those areas and say, gosh, how did my upbringing view this stuff that matters to how I'm going to, uh, if I'm unaware of it. Next is asking that question in each of those areas. What do you want? What do you want? Say it one more time. What do you want for you and you alone? If you woke up in a new place where nobody knew you and you just got to decide, so there's nobody to impress, there's no expectations, what do you want for you in each of these areas? And I even get into in the book some big things, the constructs of our culture. You're expected to get married or have a significant other. You don't have to. I know some people, not a lot, but have chosen to be single all their life and that was okay. You're not unwhole by not having a romantic partner or a significant other or a spouse. You're just not. I did it. I did. I got married. You don't have to. Same thing like with kids. Especially if you're married, you're, you know, you're kind of expected you're going to have kids. Some of my best friends do not have any kids. You know what? They didn't get to experience some of the glories that I have as a parent. I did not get to, ex to, to experience some of the glories that they had not spending their time and investing their lives being a parent. They got to experience some incredible things. It's not a good or, or bad, a better or worse, a right or wrong, a black or white. Different experiences. What do you want for you in each of those areas? Now, to know and understand that, go to the next one, number four. What motivates you? This is your why. So say what you want. Okay, this is what I think I want to the best of your abilities. Uh, we're going to end on that. What do you want and why? We need to ask that. So if you say, gosh, this is what I want in the area of work. I want to work at this way and I want to I do this. Why? And you're going to go, uh, because whatever, you're going to give me an answer. That's not it. That's not it. I'm going to say, okay, why that? And ask why that? And what we're trying to get down to, there's an emotion there is an emotion. There's a feeling underneath there, which ultimately requires some emotional intelligence, which I have not had most of my life. I did know my values. I, I was tuned into that. That kept me from going too far astray, but I was not emotionally intelligent. And there were some things that I drove towards and I didn't know what was driving me. I thought I knew what I wanted to, but there was an emotion. There was a motive. There was a reason that was really driving me. I call it a hidden drive, called a hidden motive. There was something driving me and I didn't know, like with money. I was driven by thinking, I don't want people to perceive that I'm about money or power. And so I'm going to do everything I do without money in mind. Well, that doesn't really work in business. 
or a vocation. You need to have some money in mind. But I didn't realize this hidden drive was there and it kept sabotaging me. I'd make money and then I would sabotage it over and over and over. So we're talking about emotions. So you're saying, this is what I want. I'm asking, okay, why do you want it? And what the, the way to get to that is figuring out what's the emotion or the feeling underneath that. And you may not know. If you asked me that when I was your age and even a scant amount of years ago, I would have said, I don't know. I don't know. I had to get Brene. I was recommended by a therapist. Brene Brown has a book called Atlas of the Heart, where she uh, really lays out 87 different emotions. Okay. You don't have to look at that necessarily go that deep. I recommend it, but you don't have to, but to look at, look at emotional intelligence, look at emotions, feelings, and look at the list of them. There's more than just happy and, and sad or angry or whatever. Those are kind of high level umbrellas and underneath are the real feelings and stuff. We're trying to get that. If you want to know what you really want, it's by knowing why you want it. And that's getting to the emotion and the feeling and saying, okay, I'm in agreement with that. Cause if you get down there and go, okay, I think I want this. I want to, I want to make a million bucks and be, and do whatever job. Why do you want that? Cause I want, I want power and I, you know, I want status. You know why? Cause my dad told me I'll never amount to anything. I'm going to prove him wrong. Okay. So you're going to go forward with a feeling of rebellion, vengeance, and that's what you want to do. And you may at some point say, yeah, it is. Okay. For now, maybe so long-term, it's not going to serve you well. I've seen people achieve big things out of that, but it usually did not fulfill them. Anger, vengeance, rebellion, revenge doesn't, uh, doesn't ultimately fulfill you. You can use it as fuel to do something big that may look impressive to the world, generally won't make you happy. Last one, five, that you're going to filter. These are filters, again, that you're going to question all those seven areas, is what do you believe about yourself? And what do you believe about the world? You better question that. You better question that. Because right now, what you believe about yourself and what you believe about the world is generally uh, what you came to from your environment, from your genetics, from your environment, from wherever you grow up with, whatever you were exposed to. And I'll tell you what you were exposed to was this little itty bitty piece of pie of the whole of humanity. You weren't exposed to much. You can't be. So you, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world, you need to set it out on the table and really question that. Have the courage to question that and realize that that's probably a belief that you didn't choose. You were handed it and you accepted it. You agreed with it because you didn't know any better, or you looked at it and said, I don't like that. And you rebelled against it. And now you believe something different. And it's just out of rebellion. It's not really, really what you believe. So get, the, get to look at beliefs to what you, what do you look at those seven areas and go, what do I believe? Do I believe money's bad or do I believe money's good? Which of course it's neither. It's just money. You can do bad with it or you can do good with it. Do I believe health and wellness is good or bad? Be weird if somebody said, I think it's bad, but you might have to admit to yourself, no, I think it's actually good. I really would like that. Okay, cool. What about relationships? Maybe you had bad examples. So do you look and go, gosh, relationships are bad. I, that doesn't make any sense. What do you believe? All right. Those are the filters. And here's my last piece for you. And it's a big one. It's a big anchor here. Right now, I'm asking you big questions, big thoughts, big, ultimately that you're going to make big decisions on. And you can only do it to the best you know how right now. Again, I've got kids. I got back to school age kids. 
they haven't experienced tons of stuff. For them to make the big decisions, I talk like this, I'm their dad, so they hear this stuff, and I've almost overwhelmed them. I have overwhelmed them sometimes of going, oh my gosh, I got to get out of school and find the holy grail, the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. You just need to know yourself and then do the best that you can. I've got a son right now. He just graduated high school, decided right now, maybe never will he go to college. He's not sure, but right now, no. And so he's looking and he's very outgoing, really social with people. And we're looking at, you know, that would fit kind of in a sales profession. That's one area. It could be in, you know, a health, a healthcare profession where he's involved with people and helping them. It could be a lot of different things. That's what's cool. Understand what you're about. Do a personality profile. Take the Enneagram test. Do a disc profile. Understand yourself some. And see, gosh, these would be some fitting areas. These are my propensities like him. Outgoing, social, affectionate, whatever. He could go into sales. He could go into, again, healthcare. He could go, we probably list 10 different areas or more out of that that he could go into. Right now, what's he going to do? He's looking at being a waiter, being a server, whatever they call him these days. Doing that, it's a sales position. You get paid based on how you interact with people. He interacts with people. That's a great entry-level sales position. Is that what he wants to do his entire life? No, but it's along the lines of interaction with people. That's the point. So 10 years from now, hopefully we'll find him in a, in a real vocation that he feels like committing to, devoting himself to long-term, and we're laying the pave, pavement right now, laying the or planting the seeds in essence right now. Just do the best you can as far as you can see. You can't see that far. You haven't experienced that much. So don't feel so pressured to find the Holy Grail. Try to find the best that you can now to the best of your abilities. This is what I think I want. This is why I think I, I, I know why. And best I can see as an opportunity, this is the direction I'm going to go. These are the things I'm going to commit and devote to for now until I know more. And then it'll shift and it'll shift. And as you go on, you'll learn more about yourself. You'll learn what's more fitting. And every directional turn will be closer and closer to where you want to stay more in a long-term perspective. I am doing what I do now here, podcasting, writing books. I think I'll be in this arena the rest of my life, but I don't know for sure. Best that I can figure out. This is where I am now. I've been doing this, uh, the podcasting for about seven years now. And I'm keeping on in that trajectory. Again, maybe I'll do it uh, long term. Maybe I will do it for a time and then realize, gosh, you know what? That season is gone. I still want to influence people. I still want to do this, but I may do it in another capacity. That's okay. You do it to the best that you can understand now. Friends, thank you for joining me on this journey to elevate our own experience and improve the way that we show up for others. If you are a back-to-schooler, I hope this helped you. If you have a back-to-schooler that you're taking care of or you know parents that do, I'd ask you to share this episode or just share the concepts, write them out, share the concepts. If you want to give them the gift to go deeper of my book, What Drives You, it's on Amazon in whatever format you would like. I'd be happy to come read it to you in person. Hey, I'll work for food even and some travel expenses. Actually, a little cash too because I still have four back-to-schoolers in my own house to feed. Be honored if you got the book and dug into this further. If you appreciate this podcast and want to share it with others, please rate the show on Spotify. Uh, leave us a review and a rating in Apple. You can subscribe on YouTube and watch the full episodes. You can find me on social media, kevinmiller.co. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You on Amazon. And until next time, stay driven.
Most Americans at New Year's are thinking about improving their health and losing some weight. In regards to eating, the feeling is generally it's going to cost more money, more stress and effort, and you got to eat bland food. Well, a solution to all these is HelloFresh. HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's literally number one meal kit. You can make saving time a viable resolution with quick, convenient recipes. They're delivered right to you. You just choose your meals and select your delivery date. And HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping. So you just open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes. And you're cooking quickly with ease and joy. My family loves HelloFresh. We just open the box, follow the recipes, and have something new and interesting and good for us. It's become one of our family's favorite activities together. So go to HelloFresh.com slash free. And use code drive free for free breakfast for life. You get one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash drive free with code drive free. HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit. 